Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Wellness Talks. I'm your host, Jonathan Ehrenberg. On tonight's episode, we'll be talking about the state of the mental health care system within um, Canada um, and in Nova Scotia specifically, where I'm from, a population of just under a million people. And uh, so how do we deal with the the influx of mental health conditions um, during COVID-19? Um, and furthermore, how can we best deliver um, the maximized amount of service to the um, most amount of people? This has uh, been a contention uh, long before COVID came along. And uh, now that the world is seeing a uptake in mental health cases, it uh, has brought it to the fore. Um, sadly, um, not to the degree in which it should have, but nonetheless, um, we are seeing the deficiencies within our social structure because of COVID-19. And one of the biggest uh, challenges that we face here in Nova Scotia is um, a two-tiered mental health care system that comprises of a public system and a private system, both of which provide excellent care with experts in their fields, uh, well-educated and very dedicated, compassionate people. Um, like most systems that have anything to do with society and helping society, uh, the people that are immersed in the battlefield, so to speak, are very passionate and are doing their best to help uh, the people that come across um, their care. So with that said and out of the way, I think that I would like to offer up um, some potential solutions um, to the problem and maybe discuss a little bit about where um, we need to go politically and what we need to do to strengthen our approach so that we can um, make the changes that we need to make. Um, so firstly, um, one of the deficits of having a two-tiered mental health care system, such as a private and public one, is that you have essentially um, fractionated your mental health resources. And in doing so, um, you've um, severely compromised the amount of help that you're able to give. And by that I mean, so, um, for example, in the private sector, a psychologist is somewhere in the order of $190 an hour. Um, so what, what the proper question here is, what are the implications of um, someone having to pay $190 an hour? And uh, one of the answers is, is that uh, many of us can't afford that $190 an hour and where that in puts us is um, in a hard spot because um, that says that if you are, if you can pay, you can have your mental health looked after. Um, and furthermore, uh, what, what a private system does is that it also um, creates a back jam um, within the public system because one, like I said, the uh, the mental health uh, teams are essentially split up and thus um, not maximized in terms of the amount of people they can help and therefore um, waiting lists become uh, outrageously long and uh, sometimes people go months before they're able to see anyone 
um, whether that be a psychiatrist, a psychologist, therapist, or get into a a, a group program that would be um, designed to help uh, to help uh, build skill sets to, for example, um, manage anxiety better. So this is one of the biggest problems that we face is that this system is is just so broken and one of my biggest concerns about having this broken system is that it's whether intentional or not is divisive by its nature so uh, further down the socio-economic ladder you go or the cultural ladder um, your chances of getting access to care um, decreases because like I said before many of us cannot afford that $190 an hour and you know there are such things as uh, mental health crisis so um, in other words how do we manage that like um, if you have to have people in a scenario where they have to wait uh, several months to get care um, there's a good swath of the people who have mental health conditions who simply aren't able to wait that long and so the question becomes is how do we get the biggest bang for our buck and help the uh, maximum amount of people and my potential solutions that I would like to put forth are twofold one your options are to um, forego the private section and amalgamate them into a robust public mental health care system where you have your resources um, all concentrating their efforts and their expertise um, in the direction that best serves the country, the nation, the world as a whole and um, that would um, alleviate division from this perspective um, and uh, in this day and age where we're working so hard to minimize division and to do our best to uh, treat everyone with dignity and respect that they deserve um, having a two-tiered semi-private healthcare system of any kind whether it be health in general or mental health care um, does just that it creates division and uh, so the other solution that we could do and it would probably be easier from a policy point of view is to do um, a scenario whereas yes you have equal access to the system but what happens is that the government subsidizes the hundred ninety dollars an hour for people to um, get the help they need this uh, to me doesn't seem unreasonable um, when you look at the um, look at it from the guise of total uh, care for everyone and uh, while um, while we can sit here and discuss this in great length as to what would be best um, those are certainly things that I think could contribute to the uh, workload and focus on on uh, the epidemic that is uh, mental health concerns in the COVID-19 era and uh, the biggest obstacle to this is, of course, the politicians and the political parties, or more specifically, the, the sitting government at, at the time. Um, while 
we recognize that COVID-19 is a absolute emergency for on of epic proportions and could impact humanity as a whole to a degree which would be catastrophic. Um, mental health all over the world has gone up exponentially and one of the things that we really need to, to um, address and it's more like the elephant in the room is the uh, is that crisis that mental health crisis and uh, so what are the implications if we refuse to um, take it on with the ferocity that it deserves um, and uh, one of those uh, things is that of course um, we could end up losing a lot of lives and um, that further fractures uh, families and friends and and uh, close relationships and social situations um, employment and then you get into the just actual economic impact of refusing to look after uh, to reinvest in your mental health care system and uh, back in 2011 a report was released um, you'll have to forgive me I forget the uh, name of the report but I, if you look through my blog posts, you'll find it there and I'll post it down below. But as of 2011, Canada spent $50 billion on mental health care alone. And that's downtime. That's not expenditures investment in, into the system. That's, you know, um, people with depression taking sick days and people, you know, um, going off on disability because of uh, post-traumatic stress, for example, or something. So um, it's estimated that if we put a fraction of that money and invested it into into mental health care um, the return would be um, a reduction in that 50 billion dollars and remember 2011 wasn't yesterday so presumably the numbers are higher and it's not a stretch to think that because of COVID-19 and the raising rates of mental health conditions that those numbers those economic numbers 50 billion are probably quite a bit higher so there's a lot at stake by simply brushing mental health off to the side and, and hoping that that people, I don't know, get through it, I guess, um, on their own. Um, I know that uh, something needs to be done and uh, we need to bring it to the attention of the uh, political parties. Um, in our country here, um, the only party that really has it on the radar with any amount of significance is the new new democratic party here um that is one of their mandates um while my opinion on the matter is that all politicians federal and provincial um, and municipal should put it on the docket as a priority and so in other words a lot of our social issues are very important but right now if you looked at it from a triage perspective um, it's sort of like COVID, healthcare, mental healthcare. Again, these are my views and I express them and I know that not everybody will share them and that's fine. But uh, when you look at it from a triage point of view, you look at it and say, well, where's the emergencies? What needs to be tended to first? And when you're looking at social systems from where I sit, um, you need to look at it from the guise of um, where you can get um, where you can have the most effect on the most amount of people and uh, certainly that takes investment and that takes um, uh, eliminating the barriers around access to care 
whether that be long-term care, health care, or mental health care, um, if there's barriers in place, um, thousands to millions of people could potentially go without. Um, so those are, or should be, um, ringing uh, alarm bells in, in uh, every political corridor in every country that's um, facing similar um, challenges when it comes to mental health. Um, this is really uh, something that's being underestimated, I think. And, uh, and uh, I think that um, we, it's incumbent on us to make sure that we are able to bring it to the forefront and to have it brought to the attention of the politicians and uh, the media or whoever. Um, because um, what happens is, is that when you have, obviously if you don't have the money, you can't get in to see a, uh, a psychologist for $190 an hour. And furthermore, if you really need help because you're in a crisis, um, there are crisis teams and things, so to the, uh, that's wonderful. Um, and the, uh, most um, mental health organizations that are um, publicly run will have the, uh, the uh, emergency crisis response team uh, number on their website. So check that out depending on what region you live in. And those are wonderful things. And again, but there's a, a resource issue there. So, for example, um, I don't believe that there's much of a push for um, to have rather to have um, psychologists or anything like that of, of the private sector. Um, and I could be wrong. I, last time I checked, there wasn't really a whole lot in terms of uh, the private sector contributing to those emergency uh, teams, but uh, hopefully we can change that narrative by amalgamating everything and uh, we could have more um, uh, psychiatrists um, doing rounds in hospitals and, uh, and, and things like that. Um, so there's, there's the, the refusal or to, to deal with mental health care and to not fully evaluate the consequences of having a two-tiered mental health care system the, in my view, the repercussions of that are really significant. And because like from, like I just said, from anything from having a lack of psychiatrists to do rounds in hospitals or to, to provide emergency intervention, um, to the inaccessibility, depending on your cultural, socioeconomic situation. And, uh, so essentially, and the refusal of government to actually say, whoa, we actually, we need to slow the bus down here and we need to dump money into this. You know, when it comes to uh, social systems, cutbacks are not the answer. And uh, that's because um, when you're helping people, um, you know, you can't claw that back. There's just no way you can claw that back. If you had $100 and took it out of your budget, you would sadly not gain anything. I suppose you could put it on your mortgage, but uh, that's a moot point when you have to eat. So in these things that we go through in terms of social systems, we have to have, right? The only difference in our societies is to say, well, it doesn't matter what what the scenario is, somebody's entitled to make money from it, whether it be healthcare or manufacturing or, or any of those things, private um, 
long-term care facilities. Um, so that's that's the real issue when it comes to taking care of people, is to say that there needs to be a pro- that it's okay to have a profit attached to that. And in my view, um, we're seeing the, the results of that um, through this two-tiered mental health care system through the clawbacks of the public health care system, and we need to do better and we can do better because um, we all have sons and daughters and aunts and uncles and all kinds of people uh, that deserve that care we all know someone who's suffering from a mental illness that's having a hair go that's um, really needs to have that access and to be denied because you don't have $190 an hour or because the system is fractured into two different groups and there's not enough resources to help you get the access you need, um, even though it's paid by public dollars. It's, uh, well, in my view, it's inhumane. And I think that it's time that we brought it to the attention of the governments and the political parties and and have people um, write their MLAs and write their MPs and write the Prime Minister of Canada or if you're in a different country write your political leadership and do so not on a few people not with a few people but do it on mass organize um, you know we simply because our lives depend on it somebody's life somewhere depends on it we'll spend an untold amount of fortune on, on policing and I fully support policing but at the same time, like there doesn't seem to be any, well, we really need to slash and burn that whole system. Um, but um, there seems to be when it comes to like solely helping people with their illness, it kind of takes a, a lower priority. And uh, this day and age, we can ill afford to do that. So um, with all that said, um, I think we'll leave it there for today. And uh, um I want to take the uh, time to thank everyone for joining us at the Wellness Talks. Um, I appreciate your support, and uh, we uh, can't do this without you. And uh, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write us. Right now, you can write us at the Road to, or excuse me, you can write us um, the Road to Mental Well. Sorry, <laughs> you can write us at Road to Mental Wellness at gmail.com. And uh, please don't forget to uh, check out uh, the road to mentalwellness.com, which has got uh, a lot of good quality content that may help inspire. That's the whole intention is to help inspire people to get the help they need or, or to help someone else that's in need or, or to create um, social networking with like-minded people so that they can lean on each other and, and get through things. So in that respect, uh, I think that we could all help each other out until we're able to fully fund a public health care system, mental health care system that um, does what it's supposed to do, help those who can't help themselves. So without further ado, I would like to say good night to you all and uh, please take care. Bye-bye.